Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The Bermuda Triangle It's sometimes also known as the Devil's Triangle, and it's this area of ocean that forms a, well, a triangle (laughs) between Florida, Puerto Rico, and the Bermuda in the North Atlantic Ocean. It's where massive planes and ships have disappeared. And I'm not talking about single flyer planes or small canoes. I'm talking about USS Navy ships like the USS Cyclops with a crew of 306 people where they've just disappeared. There's always the normal explanations that it's human error, that there's violent weather and compass variations. But there's also rumours that there's something paranormal at play, that the area is cursed or even rumours about UFOs kidnapping ships and planes. But did you know there's also a triangle in Asia? There's an area in China called the Lop Desert. The Lop Desert is this 50,000 square kilometre, which converts into 19,000 square mile area in the Xinjiang region of China. This area was a former salt lake, but now it's just a salt-encrusted lake bit. It's one of the most dry, barren areas in China. Now, this place used to be an important stop on the Silk Road, but this area, why we're looking at it today, is sometimes known as Asia's Devil Triangle, or the Sea of death. Hi, I'm Teddy and welcome to A Briefcase. Today, we're covering the disappearance of Ping Jiamu, who disappeared into the Lop Nur, Asia's Devil Triangle. Ping Jiamu was born in Guangdong in 1925. So he was a brilliant man. He wasn't just smart, he was brilliant. He studied biology at the Central University of China, which I suspect is now Nanjing University. So I couldn't really tell from the sources. If anyone knows, you can correct me if I'm wrong. He ends up graduating in 1947 and he was really, really smart and really, really hardworking. He became a biochemist in, I think, what translates to the Shanghai Institute of Biochemistry and Cell Biology. And the more I read about him, the more it seems that he was one of those people where essentially their work is their passion, right? He loved his work. And what he wanted more than anything was to reconcile his lab research to what really happened in real life. He wanted to validate science. This guy was a practical scientist, alright? He even looked the part. He looked smart. When you look at pictures of him on the internet, he's really clean-cut. He wore glasses. He was very, very neat. Now, what does he do with his time? So, from 1956 
Jammu and a massive team, including biologists, chemists, archaeologists, they start a series of expeditions into Asia's Devil Triangle. So why study this area? The Lochner, as we mentioned, used to be a massive salt lake. Alright, there were fish, even though it would get really hot up to 50 degrees. And before it was known as Asia's Devil Triangle, it was also known as the Wandering Lake because the lake, due to some geographical abnormalities, would move. It would slowly move. And as it moved away, the villages around it would get slowly abandoned because people would lose their source of food, the fish in the, in the lake, they would lose their livelihoods and they would search for a better life elsewhere. But now, after the lake slowly dried out, what remains is, for the lack of a better word, an archaeological jackpot, alright? And because, as we know, deserts are really, really dry, everything is preserved from tombs, buildings, mummified remains of people, even old monasteries. Everything is preserved perfectly, and this is what they went to study. Alright, now, all the while, because this was his passion, because he was really good at it, he was a brilliant man, he was building a reputation of hard work and excellence from his research, alright? This guy was smart. And in 1979, he gets promoted. He becomes the vice president of the Chinese Academy of Sciences. And it wasn't just a massive career move for him. I think he really loved what he did. Jammu loved traveling he loved researching uh, one thing that he really liked was that he had to use both modern modes of transports like cars and trains but the moment he had to go into the desert he had to have like donkeys sometimes canoes in the wetter area walking and Jammu said that science is to walk a road not traveled by other people now one thing that we want to take note of is Geographically, the Lop Desert was very, very challenging. So you couldn't just buy snacks on the way. There wasn't any 7-Eleven or mama shops in the desert. Not like some tourist areas, not like some tourist deserts. Okay, so all the food and drink and fuel that they brought is all that they would have for one expedition. So if you ran out, that means you ran out. You, you don't have, get a second chance, no doubling back or anything like that. Now, we fast forward to the 1980s, to one of the harshest times of the year. Jammu is on an expedition with a group. So five days into the expedition, they stop and they set up camp. So Jammu, who's been seasoned, Jammu who has done this since around the 1950s, he leaves the camp alone with two cameras and a water bottle. He was never seen again, and his body was never found. So how did one of China's top scientists disappear without a trace? We have a couple of theories, and as a disclaimer, before I go into it, these are all theories that are all found on the internet. Nothing is really too substantiated, but is interesting to think about, alright? So let's start with the first one. This period was right in the middle of the Cold War, just a couple of decades after World War II. Everyone saw Japan and everyone saw what nuclear weapons could do. And this area, the Lopner, the Lop Desert, 
was the site of Chinese nuclear weapons testing from 1959 to 1996. This would overlap with when Peng Jiamu was in that area. And together with the Soviet Union, China conducted 45 nuclear tests, um, at least that's what's listed on the wiki. And the very first Chinese nuclear bomb test was codenamed Project 596. Alright, separate fact, this area was also home to a species, <laughs> a very cute specific species of camel called the Wild Bactrian Camel, which, which... Surprise, surprise, continue living and breeding in that area even with all the nuclear tests that happened. So they did become an endangered species though. Uh, so they didn't really thrive, but they survived. And now part of the area is also known as the Lochner Wild Camel National Nature Reserve. So that's a interesting fact. Though I'm not sure I would visit knowing everything that I now know about Lochner. So now, the theory is that given that this was a nuclear testing site, could it have been that Jammu wandered off and accidentally stumbled into the military? And did he see something that he shouldn't have? Experiments, testings. And we know that the governments back then did everything that they could to protect their secrets because it was the middle of a war. Don't forget that. Now that's the first theory. So let's segue into the second one. So he was a scientist, and he wasn't just any scientist, he was one of China's most brilliant, hard-working scientists. Could it have been that he maybe defected, that he perhaps didn't want to be a communist anymore and he defected? And given that it was the middle of the Cold War, we know that both sides were taking defectors, and somebody as senior as him would have had a lot of valuable information. The other option that was put out there is that if he didn't defect, it could have been that he was kidnapped by maybe Americans or even China's allies at that time, the USSR. So <laughs> take this all with a grain of salt. But like allegedly, just allegedly, the son of a Chinese communist official even claimed to have seen him in a restaurant in Washington. Now that's the second theory. Moving on to theory three. So apparently Ping Jiamu might have been sick according to a colleague of his. And this is kind of substantiated by the fact that in 1957, they found a tumour, but he was supposed to have recovered. He was supposed to have treated it and recovered. Could it have been that it came back, but he wanted to continue his research? He didn't want to go through treatment or anything anymore. And he wanted to live and die doing what he loved. And so he chose to disappear into the desert after his research. Now, the fourth theory, and it's a common, well, it's a common reason why a lot of people die in deserts, is that the Lochner wasn't just any desert, it's especially dangerous. It's dry, it's large, there's loose soil and rocks, and it's very, very sandy. It could have been that he walked out and he fell down because of the unstable ground and he got covered by sand. And given how fast sand dunes move, he was very quickly and very deeply covered. And another thing we do know is that he went out during one of the harshest times of the year. So this is actually the most likely theory, especially given what we know about the geography of the place. Now, the fifth one is probably not likely, but I thought you might want to hear it. It's a bit interesting to think about. Maybe he was kidnapped by aliens, because after all, there was a 
alien abduction problem in the 80s, no? And they do say the same thing about the Bermuda Triangle, which is, is an area of alien abductions, but you know, probably not. So these are the five theories. And since Jammu's disappearance, the Lopner, the Lop Desert, the Sea of Death, Asia's Devil Triangle, it has claimed more lives from radiation poisoning from climate change. Another notable disappearance is in 1996. An explorer, Yu Chun Chun, he went into the Lop Desert to look for a lost oasis. This sounds like a great adventure, but unfortunately, he ended up dying of dehydration, even though he, he was an experienced explorer. But unlike Jammu, they did find his body just two kilometers away from his next store of food and water. Well, listeners, what do you think really happened to Pink Jammu? I don't think we'll ever find out, but you won't see me visiting that area anytime soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of A Briefcase. Side note, um, maybe you guys can explain this to me. I don't really understand people who visit like haunted or like cursed places or places where lots of people disappear, like the one in this case, like Lopner. I, I feel like if I ever did, I would get, you know, I would disappear too. Anyway, as always, thank you for listening to this week's episode of A Briefcase Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at A Briefcase Podcast or online at abriefcasepodcast.com. And do join us next week for another brief case. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.